You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me today is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you doing? Uh, doing fine. Uh, what one and one now? This is uh, my first appearance on the preview pod. Uh, sunny still without internet on the North Shore. So Billy yeah. stepped in last week. I'm stepping in this week, uh, and then maybe we'll get Sunny back on here uh, ahead of SEC play. Like like he's like a lot of LSU's players. He's uh, he's resting up for SEC play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what she, that's what Sunny's been been doing this whole time. Just taking it easy. You know, maybe hitting the golf course or something. You know. Uh, but no, he's he's getting his power back and getting his Wi-Fi back, and so he'll be joining us hopefully next week and we'll get this thing running. But I mean, Shay, we have a lot to talk about today on this preview podcast. I mean, from just what injury reports, Central Michigan all, predictions, all that stuff. Um, you know, let's turn the page from Central Michigan one last time. Just what we think looking back on that game, and just what we can take away from that uh, game. I'm sorry, McNeese State, not Central Michigan. I, uh, I've kind of stuck by the feeling or at least the the idea that you can't take – don't try to take much away from a game against an FCS team that's not that good. So I didn't want to overreact or, or anything like that to the McNeese State game either way maybe. But I did think, yes, it's not a great – like if, if you're dunking all over them, you know, on defense and they can't move the ball on offense, like that's great – but the goal's set at eight feet, right? And you're just getting up there and jamming it. What happens when it's set to 10 feet? So we'll see, and we'll talk about that more in this pod, what the defense looks like uh, as they go back uh, up a level in competition this weekend, Central Michigan, certainly moving forward uh, with Mississippi State and SEC play. But I say I don't want to overreact in any way, but the O-line and the running game still being an issue for them, I think, uh, was noticeable uh, against a bad team. And I will give them this, that the guys they had in there, backups on the O-line, three of them uh, that were playing a good bit, uh, are guys they don't normally have as starters. But the reality is, is right now those starters are banged up. So we'll see if that changes uh, a week from now against Mississippi State. If it doesn't, then you're concerned again about that. We'll see if the run game shifts at all. Uh, but I will say, and, and this will I'll change my opinion again uh, next week if we see them uh, change this, but – it's McNeese State, and I thought they would have run a lot of tempo, done a lot of things that regardless of who the opponent is, and, and especially if it's a team like McNeese that you know you're going to beat, try to do some of the things that you had said, hey, we're cleaning up from UCLA, and this is going to be a big, big part of what it is moving forward. And they didn't really move with a lot of tempo, and you saw on drives that took forever in the check with me offense. They sort of just never got into a rhythm, and, and I thought that was something they could control that they didn't. Uh, we heard the players talk about it. Orgeron talked about it a lot this week, so – uh, I'm guessing that uh, Central Michigan might be a, a bit different approach. Yeah. I mean, the offense was basically where, where I'm going to go with Mc, from McNeese State. Just looking at looking ahead from McNeese, the over-under for LSU points, I believe, for this Central Michigan game is 40 and a half. And if you just took what you saw in the McNeese game and carried it over into the Central Michigan game, you would think, at least when I first saw that, I thought to myself, I can't imagine this offense scoring over 40 points like that. That was just the first thing that came to my head when I saw that uh, point total. And a lot of that is because they couldn't run the ball at 
consistently against McNeese. They didn't play with pace. They didn't play with tempo. And as a result, we're looking at this offense like, how are you going to consistently generate points against a good defense? And Central Michigan, we'll get into later, is a pretty good defense. I watched their game against Missouri, and we'll get into all their strengths later on. But this is not a defense that you can just roll up to the line and wait down, check over four times, and get the play clock to three seconds and think you're going to be clean every single time. It's it's not going to be good. You have to eventually at some points make, make the defense uncomfortable, and that's what they – still didn't do against McNeese State. You want to make McNeese State look uncomfortable. And while McNeese State couldn't stop them a lot or, you know, consistently enough to make it a game, it still was not comfortable enough for the LSU offense. So um, I'm interested in that. Uh, but let, let's keep looking ahead here. Let's go to the injury up, injury updates because um, there's a lot of them. And I don't know where you want to start, but there were a couple guys that were at least questionable, you know, doubtful. So I guess we could start there. Yeah, well, we know that Ollie Gay and Jay Ward are not going to play. And that was from Orgeron and their starters. So you look at Ollie Gay and and the word back or, or from us asking around has been that they're kind of hoping that he, they could rest him, not tweak anything and get him healthy for the start of SEC play against Mississippi State. You should be able to beat certainly McNeese and, and hopefully Central Michigan without Gay, but he is one of your better DNs. Uh, we'll see how guys like Ojolari and Andre Anthony look there. Uh, obviously, Anthony had a huge week uh, against McNeese, so uh, a good start to the season for him. I think the Jay Ward missing is more notable, and I'd say that just because they're down. Jay Ward, Todd Harris, Sage Ryan, and Matthew Langlois at safety. That's a couple of veterans and, and two guys who are new into the program that you thought – you might could have been getting their feet wet in games like these. Now they've been out pretty much all of camp and into the start of the season. And we've seen major burns out there. Jordan tolls some. Cam Lewis actually had a really good game against McNeese. Uh, he's a guy that's sort of been a career backup for them at the safety spot. But these aren't guys that you were planning to fully lean on uh, as the season began. So Ward going down, I think it was a concussion. And certainly looked like it against UCLA uh, when he yeah. got hit on that run play. Uh, he missed last week. That was expected. I guess not a total shocker that they're going to keep him out again this week, but Ed Orgeron did say it's sort of just day to day. I can't even say for sure that he'll be ready a week from now. So that's one thing I'm circling. And then obviously on the O-line, Cam Wire, you're starting left tackle. Austin Deculus, you're starting right tackle. Deculus listed as questionable, but won't be a surprise if those two guys don't play. It sounds like Chase and Hines, who dressed out last week, just didn't play, uh, will be yeah. back and starting at right guard. Uh, and then they've got a backup injured there in Thomas Perry. But um, a lot of, I mean, we're looking at the list together, 20-something guys. Uh, and I guess I should note, too, and get your feedback here, they've got to get a run game going. We know that John Emery's appealing his the ruling that he's ineligible for the year, or at least uh, his lawyered up. Uh, so we'll see where that goes, but he's not playing this weekend. Armani Goodwin uh, breaks off his first touch, 21 yards, sprains his ankle. He's not playing this weekend. And then we haven't heard official ruling on Trey Bradford, who came back to the team from Oklahoma. Everyone's hoping to see him get a little bit involved. So thoughts on kind of not just the overall injury shape, but TDP and Corey Kiner are your guys yeah, moving I mean, forward. Those two. And then Josh Williams actually has gotten a good amount of snaps. He got a good amount against UCLA. Uh, they kind of played him over the freshman there. Um, I definitely don't think he's as potent as the freshman running backs, but, you know, he is – uh, a little older there to to help bridge the gap. Uh, Trey Bradford, 
I just don't know what exactly to expect. Um, obviously, he's as talented as hell, but you know they don't even know if they're going to have him back. Uh, Coach O said that they were going to know on Friday. I don't look at that as someone who's going to contribute to this game specifically. Uh, maybe moving forward, Mississippi State and beyond, that, that could be a name and that could be a player that helps them in the running back room. But if they get Goodwin back and they have Goodwin, Kiner, Williams, and TDP, I don't know how much they need Bradford. Now, I say that not being aware of how explosive he could be. But again, behind this offensive line, the way this offensive line is playing right now, it doesn't matter really who you throw back there, unless if it's um, Adrian Peterson or Leonard Fournette in his prime. Uh, you know, it, it's not going to matter. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you as far as just the injuries, just stacking up the concerns, stacking up. I mean, I look at the defensive line with Ali Gay out, you know, Sony Fanua being out again, um, Glenn Logan still being out. Like, yes, the defense line is a strength. It's a clear strength. It's the best unit on the team. But at some point, you want to have the depth and you want to have the – you want to have all hands on deck at some point, right? I mean, Glenn, uh, Neil Farrell, Andre Anthony, Jaqueline Roy, Mason Smith have all been great. But things are starting to pick up here. We're starting to see better competition. I just I want to see I want to see all hands on deck, and it doesn't look like we're going to be in that any soon. Whether it's a defensive line, whether it's safety, Sage Ryan, Matthew Lingwall. Um, I mean, linebacker Jared Small is out for the year, so I, I I don't. Oh, Dwight McLaughlin, I didn't even mention. Like, there's just a lot of players here that I'm concerned that we haven't seen, and this team hasn't looked good enough to where I'm just disregarding it. It'll be, uh, I think the real test will be Mississippi State, right? If all these guys are sort of being held out here and there to get ready for SEC play, if you want to view it through that lens, then there's, it will be, need to be all hands on deck in Starkville. They aren't going to be sitting anybody who's uh, ready to go or close to ready to go. It's going to be, yeah. you're out there. So the guys who are not playing against State, you can probably bank on being, okay, these guys are probably pretty banged up right now and, uh, and we'll see what it means. I don't know, but hopefully it's not a worry for them against Central Michigan and, uh, I guess that's a good segue into jumping into what the Chippewas bring. Yeah, the the uh, the good old Chippewas. Uh, I I looking at you know name and conference and everything like that. I went into this on the schedule before the year. I was like, okay, well they got easy game McNeese, easy game Central Michigan. Then they get a conference. Uh, after watching Central Michigan play Missouri, though, it I I did not feel that way anymore. I was I am now concerned uh that central Michigan will be able to play it make it a game and make it a competitive game and i'll get into why here uh i mean we could start with central michigan's offense against lsu's defense i think that's a good place to start jacob sermon at quarterback for um central michigan is a tall six five uh previously rated i think the number six pocket or uh yeah he was in trevor lawrence's class he was, yeah. I think he was the number six pro style quarterback but yeah i think he was 230 even in high school. So big kid. Yeah, big kid. Uh, really good arm for those of you who watched the film study that I did. I mean, he made a few really impressive throws against Missouri. However, he's not consistent. He uh, had two turn two interceptions against Missouri, which I think ended up costing them the game. If he doesn't have those two interceptions, then I think we're looking at Central Michigan as perhaps beating Missouri on the road. And that's how good they played. They outgained Missouri. Um, I just think those two turnovers really cost them and they weren't able to, to bounce back from them. I think the defense looked pretty good as well. We'll get into that. But 
Uh, they have a really good running game. Lou Nichols, I think Coach O said they're averaging 245 yards on the ground in the through their first two games, which sounds right and feels right. Uh, they are an offense that I'm not going to say is potent, but it's consistent enough to where they are. They were able to wear down Missouri, and Missouri's main counterattack was to bring pressure. They brought pressure. They brought linebackers. They had nine sacks, and they were able to keep Sermon uncomfortable. I'm interested because LSU doesn't bring a ton of unique blitzes. You know, they kind of just rely on that front four to get there. And a lot of times they do, but you know, they, they don't bring that, that type of pressure. So that's, that's what I'm interested in seeing is can LSU maybe mix up a couple blitzes here and there to get to Sermon? Because if Sermon has time and he's comfortable, he's a quality quarterback. He is a good quarterback. I'm, I said, in, I said in that film study, I think he's the most talented quarterback they have faced this year. I mean, no offense to Cody Orgeron and DTR. I think DTR is, you know, maybe, and you know, safer quarterback. But Jacob Sermon is a talented quarterback that can beat you in a in a few ways here if you're not if you're not ready to play. So, uh, making him uncomfortable. That's what Missouri ended up doing, and they ended up winning the game. But if if he has time in there, and if he's able to assess the defense in a way that he has done i mean he's what is his fourth year or third year or something after spending a few years at washington he knows what he's right. looking for he knows what he's doing so i'm 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 a little wary of you know the defense going against central michigan here because they do have a quarterback and they have a run game a run game that is very um solid very solid i'm not gonna say it's ucla caliber run game but it is a solid run game nonetheless it uh well and in the film study you saw on the run plays too that Central Michigan's O line was pushing around Missouri at times to where there were open lanes to run and he was on at the second level before he was ever touched by anybody. Uh, speaking about Lou Nichols and we'll double back quick and you know I guess we're just talking talking about overall offense as a whole here. Sermon this is really the first two games he's ever played. He didn't really play much at Washington. I think he threw yeah. like five career passes across a few years. So. Uh, basically nothing, just garbage time. But now as a starter, um, a 57% passer, averaging 200 yards a game, uh, four touchdowns, two picks. And I believe both those picks came in the Missouri game. Um, what did you see? Is is it getting pressure on him and he's making mistakes? Or uh, are those kind of things that he corrected that might have just been on a receiver, whoever it was? He he made some bad reads. I mean, he, he's he threw some passes that I didn't think he – should have thrown some of that was him being uncomfortable some of that was him anticipating the blitz but um he's he's not a quarterback that's he's not you know he's not tom brady he's not anybody here that's gonna win, win with his savvy he's gonna win with his arm he's gonna win with his arm talent and uh if he has the time and the receivers that can help him out there then i think he's He's a he's a fine quarterback and especially a good quarterback in the, in his conference. So um, I'm not going to say he diced up Missouri or anything like that, but it was interesting to see. You know, he 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 had some good throws. He showed flashes, and this will be his third game starting now. Like you said, I mean, Missouri was his first game starting here. So with two games under his belt, I assume him. I assume he's going to be better than he was against Missouri, and you know that could create some problems here, especially if they get the run game going. Then. Then we're looking at an actual game. And that's going to be one of my biggest keys is can LSU stop the run? I think that's really what this game comes down to. If they can stop the run or even just slow the run down, I think they are, LSU will win this game. But if, if Central Michigan comes out and just starts gashing them, this is going to be a long night. 
I mean, isn't that the plan? Like, doesn't can LSU expect that to be the plan? It's a Jim McElwain team with a quarterback who's starting a second career game. You've yeah. already developed a run game against an SEC team. Then you're turning on the LSU film of UCLA and seeing UCLA running all over LSU, getting physical with them. Uh, I would think that the answer to can LSU stop the run will be answered in the first four or five possessions of the game because yeah. across that first quarter and into the second quarter, I would think, and if they're coming out scripted or if at, least, at least certainly a, a philosophy of what they want to do in the first half, it's let's run the ball, let's possess the clock, let's not see if we can start to push them around and wear them down uh, because they know. I mean, it's not you don't have to go beyond the injury list and and the film to know that LSU's banged up on defense and they didn't stop the run well last year and they didn't stop it well against UCLA. Yeah, the I mean the offense uh, for Central Michigan runs a good amount of pre-snap motions. I mean probably 80% of their snaps had pre-snap motion, which obviously uh, LSU struggled with against UCLA and Chip Kelly. When Chip Kelly, uh, I'm going to say Chip Kelly is a little bit more advanced probably than what they'll see against Central Michigan, but Central Michigan's offense looked very fluid, very comfortable with their pre-snap stuff. They looked like they were on the same page. I didn't see a lot of, you know, panic timeouts or anything like that. So I have pretty um, – LSU defense is going to have to play its best game of the season – if, if they want to win this game and, you know, hold Central Michigan to under, let's say, 24 points or so. And um, that's what I'm going to be interested in. Last thing I'll say about the LSU defense here is I think there is, and I heard Coach O say this briefly on, on his uh, Wednesday night radio show, um, but their, their man, their receivers, or their corners should be able to man up the receivers. I, Central Michigan's receivers did not, you know, scare me. They didn't impress me. They weren't, you know, talent of SEC receivers. They have some guys who can make plays, and they have made plays against Missouri. I think one guy had 10 receptions, and uh, he also lit up Robert Morris. But there's no reason why Derek Stingley and Eli Ricks and Cordell Flash should not be able to man up those those receivers and have really good nights and, and help their defensive line, help the linebackers, help the safeties out. Because like we said before the season, it kind of has to start with those corners. It has to – those corners have to make life easier on everybody else because – safeties and linebackers have been inconsistent so a lot of it's going to come down in my opinion to can they just man up those receivers and let everybody else do their job i guess for before we flip the defense real quick uh i should note and maybe this will be a key to the game not that it always isn't something you'd love to have but missouri did what did they have like seven or eight sacks in that game like wasn't sacking the quarterback ultimately they had nine Kind of whole, yeah. That's if you're getting nine sacks and again, it's nuts. I don't LSU had nine against McNeese, which was wild. So you would think Durante Carter is seeing that and saying, as you noted, we've got to get after him. We've got to get into the backfield, uh, and we can't let Sermon just sit back there and throw it. And he's not very like he's. This is not a super mobile guy. He's really big. He's six five two thirty. So he's he's someone I would think that once the pocket collapses on him, he's either like you said, making an errant throw. Or he's taking a sack. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see how LSU's defense approaches it because I think you know stopping the run, getting pressure on on uh, Sermon, which which are big keys in every single game you play, but against especially against this Central Michigan team, which I think is based around run and just hopes Sermon can can kind of 
make some plays for them. I think it's going to be huge. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com let's go to the lsu offense versus central michigan's defense though a uh, couple quick notes on the chippewas defense just from watching the missouri game uh, i tracked uh, 30 of the passes or 30 dropbacks that were not you know pitch out passes or just kind of flip passes to the running backs and uh, in those 30 snaps uh, central michigan played man 70 percent of the time so on 21 of the snaps uh, they have a good front four troy harrison is their star defense lineman there Coach O said they're going to have to be wary of him at all times. He said they had someone like in a in the practice squad basically uh, representing him, and so they were always aware of him and where he was. Um, that's I that I'm, guy's like five eleven too. This is like this, yeah. This, you'll you'll kind of chuckle when you see him. He's like light, and he's like five ten, five eleven. But I do think I think he led the conference in sacks a year ago, so he can get after it. No, yeah, he, he's, he's a good player. He's, he's a good player. Um, he did give Missouri a little bit of trouble there, but he did get hurt for, for a stretch as well. So I'm interested to see just how he plays. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to LSU's offensive line, as we know. I mean, you know, can they block him straight up? Can they block their front four straight up? Because I was impressed with their front four against Missouri. They're, against Missouri, especially in the run game, they got a really good push up front. They were able to, you know, get on the get on the edge, set the edge every single time and, force them into the linebackers so i'm i'm interested to see who wins the battle up front here because i don't think this is something that it's not like mcneese state where you're just like okay well lsu is going to just out athlete them they're just bigger than them they're just better players even with their backups this is a team with central michigan that went up against missouri on the road and their front four i have in my notes somewhere it looked like they won the battle more times than not like this is not a Central Michigan front four that's just gonna be ran all over, pushed all pushed, uh, pushed all over the field here. So um, that that's a big thing yeah. for me is how are they gonna be able to contain Troy Harrison and that defensive line? Yeah, and the two tackles are both three hundred pounders, so these are big guys uh, that Shanahan and and Ingram and uh, presumably uh, Hines uh, will have to be dealing with. So maybe it'll be a good thing that at least that interior trio of starters. You know, you're missing your two tackles, but this may be your first chance to get back the both guards in your center. Yeah. Um, as far as the pass game goes, I, I wasn't um, imp- super impressed with Central Michigan's corners. However, like I said, they played man a lot, and they didn't get burnt a ton by Ken- Connor Blaze. Uh, I can never say his last name. I always forget it. But um, they, they didn't get burnt a lot by Missouri in, in that game. I thought the corners held up pretty well for the most part, and – this is going to be one of my biggest keys to the game. I know we're going to talk about this in a second, but Keishon Boutte, if they play man, I mean, they'll probably have a safety help over the top, but if, if they play man, I'm just throwing to Keishon Boutte every time. I think he's proven that when UCLA played man, um, when McNeese played man, it was it's just Keishon Boutte. I think it has to be. I think you have to be able to get him the ball in different scenarios and different situations. And to go back to the player who we, I've talked about a lot on this pod, on, on our podcast, Jack Besh, looks like he can beat man against a safety linebacker. We haven't seen him, I guess, against a nickel corner or anything like that. Um, but 
if they play man 70% of the time, I'm taking Jack Besh and Keishon Butte as the two guys who I think can beat man the best. Trey Palmer also showed flashes, but I don't trust him yet just because I think I need to see more of him. And, you know, Jare Jenkins had, had a drop or two, um, you know, the, the young, other young guys, whether it's, um, Brian Thomas, Deion Smith, and then you throw Koi Moore in there, Koi Moore in there as well. I'm just throwing it to Keishon Butte. If if it's there, if it's in if it's man coverage, single high safety over the top or a safety help over the top, I think there's ways to get Keishon Butte the ball. If not him, Jack Besh, I think both of them can gash Central Michigan. I think that's going to be a, the key to this offense uh, in this game is can they get the ball to Butte and Besh? I uh, I think for me, if I'm picking one on offense, one on defense, uh, and I did a story handing out game balls. It's on the site. Folks can check it out. Uh, but I think that the offensive line has obviously been called to the mat, right? Um, so I'd like to see them as a unit have a good day. But I think if they do, that means Davis Price has a good day. And I think Davis Price could be a guy that's key this weekend. I mean, if you can get one of those, you know, 70, 80-yard games out of him, uh, and, and certainly if he can hit the hundred mark, that'd be amazing. But yeah. uh, you haven't really found any semblance of a run game yet. And Orgeron doubled down this week and said, look, I like Kiner. I, I, we need Goodwin to get healthy. We'll play him. But we're still leaning on TDP because he can run inside, outside. They feel like he's got complete control of, of sort of everything you need to have when you're out there, the playbook, the calls, um, pass pro, whatever it might be. Uh, so he's going to have his opportunities. I think if he has a good game, that means LSU's running the football well, which is probably meaning the pass is set up well. Then you can ride guys like Butte, who I think get more involved early. I've pointed this out in the piece about the game balls, but uh, Butte right now, actually I talked about the morning buzz, leads the country in receiving touchdowns with five. And then a couple of guys have four and then some others have three. But everyone who's got three and above basically averages over 100 yards a game. Butte is averaging 80-something yards a game right now. That's a number you want to see tick up. We've seen O say it after both games. And then he said after this one, too, we need to get Butte more involved early. And I think it was 15, the 14th or 15th play of LSU's game against McNeese before he even got a target. And if you're scripting those first few drives, you've got to know that you're trying to get Butte involved early. So I'm with you there. I think he could have a – he should have a big game. He's going to get on – I bet he's scoring another touchdown or two. But I think they need TDP to have a really big game. And defensively, I think it's one of the linebackers who needs to have a good game just because – they run the ball well. Those guys are going to see uh, a lot of action, whether it's in the run game or having to cover in the pass, whether it's getting after the quarterback or getting into the backfield. And one guy who did that well against UCLA was Micah Baskerville. I thought, uh, what I think he's got like two and a half tackles on the year, but he doesn't have any sacks. So he was getting into the backfield. He was stopping the run on a night where they weren't stopping the run a ton. I think that'll be important this weekend against Central Michigan, like we talked about. Uh, and I think he's a guy that he's in a rotational role, obviously. And now we'll see some of Mike Jones. They're playing Bug Strong a good bit. Uh, Damone Clark's really the guy that they have out there the most playing that true middle backer spot. But I think it could mean they're doing some things right on defense. And uh, and that'll be big for him. So uh, those are two. And, and look, I think that racking up Andre Anthony, guys like that, Mason Smith having big games would be go a long way to, to help him get the win. But I do think a guy like Baskerville can end up playing well this weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of torn because I, I did say I think they need to man up the back end. And if I say that, I think the corners just have to play very, very well. But then I also said they need to get pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, that's what Missouri did well. So if they want to replicate that, that's how they're going to be able to do it. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go with 
I'm going to go with the popular pick, I think. I think this is the the, the, the sexy pick. Uh, Mason Smith. I think Mason Smith is going to be my pick for most valuable player, the, the best player on this team, and the the most important player on this team to get to get the win this week. I think if Mason Smith gets a lot of snaps and he plays the way he's played in the first two games, I see no reason as to why Central Michigan won't win this game. So, or I'm sorry, LSU, why LSU won't win this game. But it it that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go defensive line. I'm going to go with Mason Smith as my, uh, as my pick for MVP. All right, let's get some predictions in or some thoughts or whatever it is. Uh, the line has been, I don't know what it was when you did sort of the first look on Monday. I think it's 19 right now. Is it down to so 19? I think 19. it was 20 and a half at the beginning of the week. So it's dropped down significantly there. Um, we're looking at an over-under of 61. Um, so 61, 19-point game. Some thoughts, I guess. As um, we, maybe we can save our actual score predictions that we have to stick to uh, for the Friday preview piece okay. uh, that Sonny will have up. But um, – you said you think LSU wins. I think LSU wins this weekend, but I don't. I don't think LSU covers. And right now, it looks like ninety percent of money is on LSU. I think to cover the oh, so people people might not be looking at uh at this Central Michigan game as favorably uh, or as thinking Central Michigan is as good as maybe we do. Uh, but we've watched plenty of LSU. I'm going with them not to cover. I could see this being a single-digit game and it just kind of staying close. I think Missouri won by 10. So, I don't know. I could I could see them not covering, but it being a 10 or 13-point game, something like that. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I, I have it as – I have it as a 10-point game. I, I don't – I don't – I even if LSU plays well, I think Central Mission is good enough to hang around for a bit um, and cover, cover that 19 – point spread to keep it within three touchdowns i mean think of it this way for lsu to win by three touchdowns i mean we're talking 35 14 something like that 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 would be a really really impressive win over the central michigan team like for them to win by three touchdowns yeah for them to win by three touchdowns lsu is gonna have to play the best game of the year by far and maybe just one of the best maybe it's to its potential but um you know uh, arguably so uh, that would be great. I think it'd be huge if this team won 42-21 or 35-14 or something like that. But I think we're we're all in a state right now, and if you look at our message board, it's kind of a similar thing. We're all in a state right now where you just kind of have to show us. So that's that's where I'm at right now. And I don't – after watching Central Michigan play Missouri, and I'm assuming – I mean, they blanked Robert Morris, which obviously is Robert Morris, but, hey, you know, they, they blanked him. So they at least continued that positive momentum. They're coming in here with – plenty of confidence they're coming in with plenty of talent and i'm i'm looking at this game as lsu gonna have to play well just to win and they're gonna have to play very very well to cover yeah see i think that it's going to be important for lsu to get this game under control in the first half and and why i think sort of the cliff note version of that to be true is that central michigan is probably saying look we've got in a transfer quarterback now he's a big kid they can sling it around. We proved against Missouri that we could push around an SEC team. And look, you'll say it's Missouri. They pushed, I mean, they beat LSU last year. So uh, I don't think this LSU team is that far off from where they were a year ago. Um, and that's just sort of the reality of the current conversation. But they're saying, look, we played Missouri. We didn't play our best. Let's clean up some of those mistakes. We get a chance to go to LSU. And this ain't 
Joe Burrow and them. They're putting on the film and looking at UCLA game and saying, man, these dudes ain't all that is. And I, I can promise you, that's how these athletes think. If they're, yeah. they can smell blood in the water with a team like LSU and they're putting on film where you're getting gashed in the run game where you can't protect, where they're bringing just four guys and still getting home to you. And the offensive line is struggling. They're seeing all those things and saying, all right, we, Hey, we've got a real shot. You can't let them go into the locker room at halftime and then say, we were right. These dudes, like we've been pushing these dudes around. Like we can really win this game. You need to eliminate that whole thought early. They need to go into the locker room and say, damn, this is big boy football. Like they're better than they looked on film. Like they're kicking our ass or whatever it is out there. Um, I think it's important. They need to start fast. And by halftime, they need to have this game under control. You don't want it to linger into the second half because then comes the pressure of the players looking up. Oh, we're in a tight one with Central Michigan. Everybody was right. We're not playing well. Or, you know, and you're going to get into your head. Uh, they've got to put it away early. Beating McNeese 17 nothing or whatever in halftime. And everyone says, well, it should be 30 nothing. It doesn't matter. McNeese isn't moving the ball past midfield. Yeah. This game, you do not need to be letting them hang around at halftime. I, I, I agree hundred percent. Like the, if they, they can't play the way they play in the first half against McNeese, cause they won't be 17 to zero. It'll be 17, 17. It'll be a game. It'll be a gridlock game. Uh, real quick, touching on the over under six, uh, you said 61 and a half. Um, I think it was something like that. Yeah. I, 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 I probably, I would take the under on that. I'm typically not great at over unders, but uh, I'm going to take the, the under on that. And I I don't feel like it goes back to what I said about LSU's point total earlier in this podcast is LSU's point total I think it was 40 and a half. And I don't really see LSU scoring over 40 just off of what we've seen. So unless if Central Michigan makes it a, uh, I don't even know what would constitute as over 61, 35, 28 would be 63. Right. So yeah, that, that would be that. I, I don't know. That'll be interesting, but that I'm going to take the under there and, and Central Michigan to, to cover that large large spread which i think it's just a lot of people just looking at the name like i did before the season like hey this is central michigan this is lsu 19 and a half points that feel safe because if lsu in theory comes out and plays well and they play with their hair on fire and they play like a team that is pissed off after the last two games not playing well like if they play like kashan boutte looks like he feels then i think they can cover it but we haven't seen that kind of just drive that kind of motivation that kind that kind of effort uh for you know a full a full game yet so that's what it'll take to win and cover um i think lsu will win just because i think they have really good individual matchups especially at corner and at receiver but it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight it's gonna be a fight i uh i'm interested we'll be there you and i seated in the press box Ready to watch. A lot of the people listening will be there as well. So yep. I'm excited. Yep. Game two uh, in Stadium coming up. What is yep. it? It's uh, 630 on SEC Network for the folks who are not going to be able to be there. Yep. So, yep. Another week at Tiger Stadium this week. Hopefully I'll know where I'm going this time. So I won't be lost roaming around the stadium, just like shaking with his head cut off. Like it's just, it was not good last week. But hey, that's why we get these, these uh, early games under our belt. So that way we're ready for SEC play. Right. hundred percent. There you go. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can follow us on Apple, follow us on Spotify, follow us on Twitter at go to go two four seven. Um, subscribe to go 24 seven as well and send us to your friends. Let us know what you think on our board and we'll talk to you later.